Greetings. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to our Facebook Live TW Now show. Uh, we are streaming live from the Tomorrow's World studio. Looking forward to today's show. We have uh, some important, sobering uh, uh, news to talk about. I'm joined today by Mr. Wally Smith and Mr. Rod McNair. So happy to have them on the set with me today. We have a number of items that we want to talk about. A couple comments before we get started. First, I want to thank everybody out there for your, your feedback on Facebook. We've gotten a lot of good feedback the last few shows. Really appreciate it. Uh, we've frankly had people from all around the world uh, watch it, and so we really appreciate the feedback. And so we've made a few little adjustments, and we'll continue to make adjustments to the show. Uh, on that note, during the course of the show today, send us questions. As I mentioned before, we can't promise to answer all of them, but we will, uh, we will uh, appreciate your questions, and we'll try to uh, answer what we can, whether it's live or later. Um, also, <clears throat> wanted to remind everybody to share the, uh, the Facebook stream. It's important that you share it, and uh, that helps um, us reach more people. So thank you for uh, sharing the Facebook stream. Whether you do it now or later is fine. Uh, last comment, we do hope to uh, put the audio up uh, as a podcast uh, after the show today and, and start bu building a little podcast library, which I think a lot of people are going to find really helpful when you're driving back and forth. So with that, let's, uh, let's introduce again the, uh, the guests today, the panel. We are going to uh, have different men up here uh, on, at different weeks, and um, uh, I know Mr. Smith will be up next week, uh, hopefully. So, um, so uh, we want to bring variety to the show. Uh, today, we actually have some, some sobering uh, news items to talk about. One is this, this situation with the, the, the guy who uh, committed the, the murder on Facebook. And uh, just terrible, I want to read uh, just a really brief comment from a, a recent article that came out a couple days ago. Uh, this is a, uh, an article from Fox News. The title of the article is Inside the Mind of the Facebook Killer. Pretty much everybody knows what happened. Uh, this guy just incredibly deranged. What he did is incredibly evil and harmful and, uh, and, and hurtful. Um, so I think people know what the story is. But I want to read just a couple statements, and then we can maybe talk about uh, at least what this Fox News article is suggesting, and I'd like to hear your, your, your thoughts. Uh, so the, face the news article says, Steve Stevens, the Facebook killer who videota uh, videotaped himself shooting uh, Robert Goodwin, uh, committed suicide Tuesday morning. Uh, this article goes on to say he was already a dead man walking, uh, as dead as, as he could be. And so that, that caught my eye, and I thought, well, what did, the, what did the, uh, the author mean by that, that he was already a dead man walking? That's a term used in the prison system, of course, when somebody's on death row. And, but so this author went on and basically said um, that this person, this, this killer, when somebody shows no empathy for another man and distinguishes his life out of the blue, that that's, according to this author, a metaphor for his own psychological and spiritual death. And I thought that was a fairly salient point. Uh, this author then said, and I'll conclude with this, uh, this author then said, nothing that unfolds in the world, uh, no matter how seemingly inexplicable, is without explanation. And I don't know if this author uh, understands really what the, the real uh, answer or solution is, but I think we do. I think that as Christians, I think we, we have some answers we can share. So I guess what I wanted to begin with is just ask you gentlemen to maybe comment on a couple things. One is, 
was this a dead man walking? What, what does that mean? You know, where would, how would somebody get to a point where th they, they could be that low? Uh, and is that symbolic or symptomatic of what's happening in society? And then, and then the other part of the question would be, what can we share with the world about you know, the state of the world, wh where this is going to go in the future? Is there hope? Is it going to get worse? Get going to get better? I know you gentlemen have some thoughts on that. Oh, oh, I get to go. Um, yes and no. I, I appreciate uh, the author's comments. Uh, I think it's uh, Dr. Abadal, Abadal. I think it's the yes. author of the article. We're, in a sense, I don't want to go all you know, hippie on everyone, but you know, we're all sort of dead men walking. In a sense, what you saw in the Facebook killer is something that is it's product of sin, of moral corruption, uh, sin, disobeying God's laws, etc. It corrupts the mind. You don't think like you should. You don't think clearly. And the deeper in you go, the more your thinking, et cetera, is warped. In this particular case, it was kind of like that sin grown large. Uh, he didn't see any hope in the world and the rest. So, you know, it, it's a good article. I think he makes some points that sound great. But we have to be careful of not distancing such acts where we think of them as just zoo creatures that, well, wow, that what a different kind of human being to do that. I could never do that. History is filled with people who thought they could never do terrible things, and next thing you know, they're the people on the news that have actually done terrible things. Yeah, that <clears throat> that's absolutely uh, right. We, You know, it's interesting how um, I think one of the saddest things of this whole this whole scenario, obviously, it's so tragic, and it's it's sad for the the family and and um, but for those who don't know why, and that is one of the things that the article is trying to point out. And this person is saying even the inexplicable, there is an explanation. And and you, you touched on that that there there is an explanation. It's called sin. It's called even as we approach the end of the days, that that sin's going to get worse. Uh, we talked about this, uh, you know, uh, uh, before a couple of weeks ago. Second uh, Timothy chapter three and verse one. It talks about in the last days, perilous times would come, things would get worse, uh, men would be without self-control, they would be unloving, unforgiving, uh, brutal is one of the words that it it talks right. about. So, right. you know, that's the tragic beyond the 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 murder itself and the brutality of it and the horrible deranged, uh, you know, state that someone have, would have to be in to do it like this, the saddest thing is for those who are scrambling for an explanation, and they don't really understand what's going on from a spiritual point of view. Right. There's there's a way we interact with the world. We, we talk about our worldview all the time, the things that we believe are true. I'm afraid of what I said a while ago. To, I don't want anybody sitting there thinking, oh, well, great, any moment now, like maybe in three minutes, I could turn into a giant killer, you know, on Facebook, or I'll be the Twitter killer instead of the Facebook killer. Uh, but rather, the only thing that's really new about this to me is that he did it on Facebook. I think if you went to the 1800s and people had Facebook, they'd be riding up on their horse or something and they would film themselves doing the same thing. Some people would. The fact is, if we get to a point where we have no hope, the Bible talks about the hope of salvation, the hope of what God is doing with us as being like a helmet on our head. It's something that protects us. It protects our minds in particular. And what we need to focus on is making sure that we're grounded in things that are real. If this guy was tied all up in this relationship and that was the most fundamental thing in his life, that was his source of hope, that evaporates and you have nothing. 
a good friend of mine, actually, I know Phil Senna, uh, you know, also a minister like us, he pointed out that he wanted people to focus on God as their anchor instead of himself, for instance, because he said, I can't even guarantee I can get to my kid's soccer game on time. Uh, we have to have something that's greater and stronger so that no matter what comes along, our hope is anchored in something else, and this guy didn't have that anchor. Yeah. And you think about the ripple effect. Um, people are looking for answers, and so you, you think about the ripple effect and how destructive this is to society. He, he took a man's life. That man's family is devastated. The community's devastated. Right. There, and, and so many people are looking for answers. That's what this article was trying to, to grapple with, was what are the answers? And many people don't have hope. And so now you have not only the, the, the pain that was caused and people lost a dad and a grandfather and all that, um, but you also have people now questioning life. And, and you know, it's, 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 to me, it's very uh, sobering, and, and, and it can really get you down if you don't understand the truth, but right. there is that ripple effect. So, so will there be kids in the community or the greater family or whatever who were affected by this <coughs> on either side of that equation that then end up maybe being affected in a bad way and, and don't have hope or, you know, go out and continue that, that uh, pattern of violence down the road. Violence begets violence. And so, uh, you know, we, we do have a hope in, as Christians, and I think that's maybe a message that, that we, you know, that, that the world needs to hear more about, because without God in the equation as the answer, then I think you have these communities that say, look, I just see violence increasing, and there, there is no answer, there's no hope. Y right, you right. know, you know, another thing that that most people are not aware of <clears throat> is that in, especially in a in a situation like this where where it's just mind-numbingly brutal, um, that there is there is a spirit world, there is a spirit world, uh, you know, um, part of this. Uh, we we read in the scripture about how how s Satan the devil is a murderer, was a murderer from the beginning. Um, you know, he's a liar, he's the father of lies, he's brutal, he's, uh, he, you know, he, he just will do things that are so contrary to God's way, and, and that, we're going to see more and more of that. I mean, that is certainly a part of Scripture that there is a Satan, there is a devil who is an enemy of mankind, and will do everything he can to someone who maybe is open to his influence, maybe is, is uh, of a weak mind or whatever, allowing these thoughts to get into his head <clears throat> and uh, to do such a cruel act as this. And that's something that most people out in the world are, are not aware of. Right, right. And I think what, what Mr. Smith mentioned was, was, was a good point. We're not saying that, uh, that, that this violent murder uh, by itself means that the end of the age is today. You know, there, there's been violence down through, down through history, obviously. Right. There, there's been horrible, horrible right. uh, suffering and torture and just horrible things. But, you know, we do know that Jesus Christ said that at the time of the end, right. it would be as the days of Noah. And I think that's Matthew 20, where is it? I scribble, Matthew 24, 37, that it would be as the, the days of Noah. And sometimes people read that or they, they hear what Jesus Christ said, but they, they don't go back to Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, where it actually describes the way it was during the days of Noah, because 
in, in Matthew 24, Jesus talks about giving in marriage and so forth, and it will be that way at the time of the end. Society will be moving along. But if you go back to Genesis 6, verse 5, it says that, that people thought their, their hearts and minds were dwelt on evil continually, on evil continually. And so while on one hand what happened with this Facebook murder is not by itself an indication that, that this is the end of the age, I do think whether you look at, and again, it's, it's easy to beat up on movies and, and media and so mm -hmm. forth, but I think it's also somewhat fair when you, th when you consider how much violence we talk about have in the media, in movies, when you see the video games that are so violent, when stuff like this gets so much attention, um, and, and we, later in the show, we're going to look at some charts and some statistics that, that do show that violence is actually up in the world. But I do think that we are living in times where more and more men's hearts dwell on evil. Right. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I appreciate your point because that's what I would not want to say is that things won't get worse. And, yeah, you know, the guy on his horse may have, if he had Facebook, be able to do that. But there is going to be more and more of that. And I do personally think we're seeing more and more. If I go back to my days in the 1800s, I remember less of it. Uh, but, right, there is going to be more and more. Part of it is the capacity for a man to do great evil is there. You see stories mm -hmm. of people who've done terrible things in the past. And I, what I see in the world is more this uh, licentiousness and this liberality to give in to those things. In the past, you had at least kind of a societal order that would tell us certain things are wrong, and at least you were struggling. Society was working in your favor to keep you in a certain kind of place where you wouldn't even think necessarily to act on your impulses, whereas now, th actually, things like this tend to breed that because there's going to be somebody out there who sees this and f and gets an idea to act on the ideas of his own heart in that kind of way. And so, yeah, it's, it's just going to spread. Right, and... I, it, it, uh, uh, let me make one other quick comment um, because we, we have a lot of material. Yeah. But uh, definitely there was evil throughout history, but your point is well well made. 200 years ago, you probably didn't have as much of an acceptance within society of evil. And am I saying that people approved of this man killing this person? No, but, but 200 years ago, you probably didn't have as much, and uh, there weren't movies 200 years ago, but you didn't have as much of a push for violence and so forth and all kinds of other sin, just basically trying to you know, get rid of God right. from our entire conversation. Uh, e even 50 years ago, God was more a part of the, the, the national conversation, uh, and there's a whole list of things that are not biblical, that are anti-Judeo-Christian values uh, that would not have been accepted 50 years ago or, right. or, or whatever. Um, we have, I want to move on because we, we, we have a lot of material. There, I want to talk about just the general increase in conflict and violence in the 21st century. I think that Dylan, uh, one of our uh, production guys, is going to be able to put up a, a graph here for us. Uh, so there <coughs> are a number of studies that are coming out that, that, that are concluding that violence and, and war and murder and terrorism and so forth uh, are, are increasing. Um, and that the data really, really shows that. On the right side of your screen, if this is up on, on We're screen. We're scrolling down the graph right now. Okay, great, right, thank great. you. Uh, on the right side of the screen, uh, or right side of that graph, you have uh, global trends in armed conflict from 1946 to 2014. And that right side graph, you see 2009, 2010, it just shoots up. Yeah. It just shoots up. So uh, there, there's a quote um, from one of these studies that says the following. It is estimated that close to 90% of the 
of current war casualties are civilians, the majority of whom are women and children, compared to a century ago when 90% of those who lost their lives were military personnel. If you think about it during the days of the revolution, a little more civilian casualties there, but if you go back even farther in history, you had professional armies that go, went out, they lined up in a row, they shot each other, and whoever right. lost the least number of people won, and right. that was it. Uh, so <clears throat> are we entering a time of, uh, of global conflict where lawlessness uh, will abound more? I think it's probably okay for us to speculate a little bit. You know, none of us want to set dates and say, yeah, this means that Christ is going to return at a certain right. time. Right. But are, are, what, 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 are, what are your opinions about are we entering a time of increased lawlessness and increased violence and increased terrorism? And, and how does that fit within the panorama of what we know about prophecy? Right. Yeah, ab absolutely. In Matthew 24, uh, Christ talked about how there would be wars and rumors of wars. And, um, you know, unless he would return, there would no be no flesh saved. So clearly there's the capacity for mankind to destroy all life on earth at the end time, at the end, just before he returns. And we've seen that in the last, you know, 100 years, uh, especially since the the uh, invention of the atomic weapon. So hmm. the Bible is, is, is filled with um, indications that it's going to get worse, that, that it's not, that there always has been war, uh, but it's going to be worse. And there's a reason, there's a, there's a cause, there's a, right. a reason why war comes, and, and it has to do with the human heart. It, it's, you know, and we just have bigger ways to wage it. And, and of course, as you mentioned, it's a tragic thing that it's more and more, it's all-out war, uh, as opposed to just one army facing another, and that's uh, so many women and children affected by that in, in the recent conflicts. Yeah, right. You know, the graph really is interesting because when you, when you take a look at it, I don't know that it's still up, but you see these peaks. You know, you see a one peak, and then you see a drop, then you see another peak, and you see a drop, then you hit this really huge spike in the current current time. Terrorism doesn't. Terrorism kind of climbs and climbs, and then it grows at the end, which really, I don't, I'm assuming that's in addition to the battle-related deaths listed in the, in the graph. But one thing I want to highlight, it's not that, you know, men got really terrible to each other and then they got better to each other and then all of a sudden they got terrible to each other. The actions may have been not as consistent. There may have been a differing number of conflicts in the world, but man's heart is still the same. If anything, it just learned from the last time how to be that much more cruel and more efficient in the way that it, that it kills others and, and achieves what it wants in the world. And... I, I, we can't predict that this graph is going to do nothing but go up between now and then. In fact, I think there's the potential for, uh, you know, dictators, et cetera, to, to make it seem like there's peace. You know, the Bible says there'll be a time when you say, peace, peace, but there is no peace. Because on the outside, it's going to look like peace, but it's not. It's just suppressed evil. It's just people being under the thumb. Uh, and so, yes, there's a time when it will skyrocket. Is that the actual graph that's going to do nothing but go up? Not necessarily, but there will come a time when it goes up and you can't even why we even bother to plot it, because it's so, it's so brutal. It, uh, okay, okay, yeah, sorry. Uh, interesting, because, you know, what you said reminded me of Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is desperate and deceitful, deceitful and above, all, above things, all things, yeah. desperately wicked, who can know it? That was not written in 1996. So man's heart has really been deceitful and wicked from, 
from the beginning. Not God didn't create man right. wicked, but after you know Adam and Eve rebelled and so forth, right. sin corrupts. Right. So, but what we see now is the ability for destruction to be exponentially delivered because we have greater weapons, and also we have the ability to broadcast it over Facebook, or we have the ability to to right. to, to to watch it live on on cable news. And I think that is to me interesting because Christ also said at the end of the age lawlessness would abound right. and people's hearts would grow cold. And so it's actually a cause and effect situation. If, if, if lawlessness abounds and everybody's thinking evil and, and right. being evil, then, then, then your heart grows cold. And I think about Syria. I think about what we see with the kids over there. And, and I, I'm not saying people don't care, but how much do we care? And then you, you see what's going on with Boko Haram, Haram mm-hmm. in, 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 in Africa. It's, it's beyond terrible but how much do we really get involved or care? And I, I do wonder, you know, are our hearts kind of growing a little cold because of how much we see? Yeah, you know, I never thought about that until you mentioned that. Uh, that is that possibility because you, you tend to react one way or the other. You, you have to do something with that information that you receive. And do you just embrace it? Because these are horrific things. My kids sometimes will talk about things that are they're hard to think of. You don't want to keep in mind that people can do these kind of things. And yet sometimes that's reaction is to build a callus. Because you just don't want to hear it anymore. You just don't want to. Because uh, it's just too heartbreaking to do the other. And I never thought about that, but I could see that contributing to the heart growing cold like that. Right. You know, too, you mentioned a, a moment ago about how some of these um, brutal dictators have been toppled and they were keeping a lid on, uh, on in, in some ways, on, on conflict in their country. We were talking about this right, just before right, the right. show today. And uh, it, it is interesting that in some cases where where the, the, the conflict has grown, it's grown on this graph because the strong man, the dictator, the, the tyrant was, was, was kicked off, you know, was uh, right. uh, by an, another army, by in the U.S. in, in a few cases. Um, and so, so really it was just one uh, disaster that was replaced by another, another disaster. Right. So instead of one repressive regime that is really being hard on their own people and imprisoning people and and uh, making life difficult. Now you've got all kinds of different tribes and, and, and groups within that country who are vying for power. So uh, sometimes it, it's uh, it's just it, it different, you know, manifestations of the same thing right. that's happening. Right. I'd like to remind everybody out there on Facebook or uh, to share the live uh, video if you're if you're watching it if you don't mind share it uh, also send us questions comments we appreciate you joining us and again we will hopefully load this as a podcast audio afterwards and you can uh, listen to the audio at your leisure leisure as you drive home or whatever uh, North Korea North Korea changing gears a little bit <clears throat> so everybody's pretty familiar with the fact that uh, the United States and North Korea are uh, really struggling with each other, to say the least. And uh, there's a BBC News article about North Korea's missile launch being a provocation, being a provocation. And uh, we've got a couple interesting quotes in this article I want to read. Uh, The BBC article says the following, the U.S. has accused North Korea of trying to provoke something after Pyongyang uh, conducted a failed missile test over the weekend. U.S. Defense Secretary James Mattis said that the test was a reckless move and the U.S. was working closely with China to engage North Korea. Now, I'm not saying I don't uh, believe that he meant what he said, but those are sort of like political words that 
we we use. You know, hmm. we, we you know g governments use them. It's a reckless yeah. move and this and that. Uh, continuing on, the missile fired on Sunday uh, blew up almost immediately. The Pentagon said, Pyongyang said it may test missiles on a weekly basis and warn the U.S. of all-out war if the U.S. takes military action. And there's a lot more to the article, but they talk about basically that they're more than willing to launch right. a preemptive nuclear strike, right. which uh, would be potentially devastating uh, if, if they were able to pull it off. And I'm not, I'm not uh, saying that they couldn't. I mean, with enough right. hatred and, and effort, they probably could get to that point. Um, what do you all think about um, the situation, and more, more specifically, uh, what can or should the United States do, and what what can or should the world do about this situation? I mean, do we <laughs> have a, as some would argue, a madman on the loose, or do we have uh, somebody we can negotiate with? With uh, what what should we do? I know we're not politicians, but uh, what 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 can and should the world do about this? Repent. I'm about to say repent, repent. Uh, and that's that's really about there you it, go you know. there you go part of this is just evidence that we we can't we can't right. solve all our own problems there's there's no really good solution the economist had a great article uh, just recently in fact just recently I got it actually today um, talking and trying to encourage Mr. Trump to engage with China more because China's kind of the key actor they want North Korea there because they want them there as a buffer on their border they don't want the equivalent of South Korea right there on their on their own border but they also don't want him to go too crazy loco. You know, they want him to kind of keep it within a certain realm. But also pointing out that the regime in North Korea is acting in a rational manner in the sense, oh, it doesn't seem rational, in the sense that all nations generally try to act in their own self-interest. And, of course, that means the leader's self-interest because there's people suffering in North Korea. And why does he rattle the saber? Why does he say things? Their analysis, I thought, made sense to me, which was that surely they know they would be decimated, that if you were to provoke the United States you would be turned into a parking lot. I mean, we could turn North Korea into a radioactive parking lot, uh, but they know we don't want to do that. And so you have to come across kind of threatening and capable uh, just so you're taken to be relevant anymore, mm -hmm. uh, which, is, which is a shame, but that's the world we live in. It's a world of tooth and claw. That's just the way it is. I think so. I think even the, the um, what was last Saturday, the uh, birthday of the grandfather of uh, Kim Il right. Kim Il Un, yeah, and um, Kim Jong Un, and so you know, I, you know, it seems like there's there's a normal pattern of pattern of saber rattling, and they mm -hmm. have to, as you said, um, they have to work toward their own constituency. They have to show their people that they're they're strong and they're tough. They're not going to back down. Right. And of course, our president has to do the same. Uh, to me, it it seems like there's a lot of a lot of um, bluster here. And that at the end of the day, the the um, <clears throat> you know uh, at the end of the day, both sides, out of practicality, find a way to save face and find a way to to back down. The problem is, to, I think, is that the closer you get, the the higher potential you have for a mistaken right. beginning of a war. And so that's that's sort of the where we are. Um, it seems like th things are going to back down, but when you have uh, when you have irrational, you know, statements being made and, and um, you know, potential for a risky and for accidental wars high. Well, and I, I think that what this situation with North Korea illustrates is it's one of many examples where the world is becoming more polarized, there's more um, problems that we're dealing with, and our, our, the institutions we have in place, the alliances we have in place, 
are maybe becoming a little bit incapable of dealing with all of the crises that are that are occurring, right. whether it's from Syria to North Korea, whether it's uh, Ru look, Russia invaded the Ukraine, right? Uh, you know, who did, did what? Right, uh, exactly. So, so, and there's a BBC article uh, titled "How Western Civilization Could Collapse," just a a striking uh, title. Now, in the church, uh, the Living Church of God, we'll we'll write about prophecy, and we don't set dates and say that Christ will return next week or something, but we are to know the signs of the times. We are to know, uh, you know, Jesus said, look look at the fig tree. When it's ripe, you know that things are getting close. And so we, we know things are getting close, and we understand the big picture panorama of prophecy. You'll have a, uh, a European power. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but European power that will, will become militaristic and strong, and there will be, and they'll, they'll not be friendly toward the United States and Canada right. and so forth. They'll actually end up waging war on us. Um, but... So we, we might publish articles like that, but to have the BBC News publish an article, How Western Civilization Could Collapse, uh, should get people's attention. They, they said a couple things that they mentioned, um, that the world is at a point where it could begin to teeter, and such collapses have occurred many times in human history, and no matter uh, uh, how seemingly great uh, any civilizations are not immune, to, you know, to potentially collapse. They, I won't read a lot of the article, but they mentioned the Roman Empire, which, uh, you know, hopefully all of us are familiar at least a little bit with our history there, how Rome uh, did collapse. And one thing that they point out, which any good student of history should know, is that Rome's collapse began before, you know, many centuries, before the, the empire actually collapsed. Uh, they mentioned that the Romans had overextended themselves, and basically, because of financial uh, is issues and so forth, they were not able to maintain their, their armies and defend their borders and so forth, and uh, <clears throat> that it collapsed, and, and you know, the repercussions have been felt for centuries. Uh, we are probably at a point where we are going to see civilization collapse within the lifetimes of a lot of people listening to this show. And so, you know, I, we, we know what... What, what we would tell people. We would tell people to repent, <laughs> and we would tell people that there's good news that Jesus Christ is going to return. Um, we would also probably tell people that righteous government matters. So I guess one question I wanted to ask you, gentlemen, is when you look at how polarized the world's becoming and so forth, um, what should people out there on Facebook, what should people do about it today? Repent is the answer. But if there's people watching, what should they do about it? Should we get up in arms and all try to vote in the next, the next congressman who's going to fix things? Um, mm -hmm. what, what, what should we do about it personally? Yeah, that's it's a, it's a really good question. And we try to address that on the telecast as well sometimes because we know there's someone, some of you actually watching the program. You know, you're sitting there in your living room and you're watching all of us, me and Mr. McNair and Mr. Weston and Mr. Ames. And, and we don't just want to unnerve you. We want you to think about what to do. Uh, Peggy Noonan is one of my favorite writers for the Wall Street Journal, and she has highlighted that at times past that we're getting into an area where more and more the, the leadership seems to be almost childlike uh, of, of, of modern nations, that where are the grown-ups? We're, we're starting to, to lose our grown-ups. She mentioned before the most recent American election that we have candidates, both of our major candidates, nobody is proud of. 
No one's proud that this is the best we have to offer these two people. And she even commented in an article that it's as if God is chastising us and trying to get our attention, which I thought was remarkable. And one of the lessons from that, I think, is all we really can do is get right with God. Because we're either contributing to the problem or we're trying to make it better. And all we can focus on is going to sound redundant or stupid and obvious, but all we can focus on changing are the things we actually can change. Uh, what is my relationship to God? What is my family's relationship to God? Uh, are we actually, you know, we can try to find the next guy to vote in office, and then the next guy, and then the next guy, and the next guy, but it's not solving anything. We have to focus on that relationship to God and where we are in all of this and how we're contributing. I, I can't think of anything else a person can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's um, there there's so much in the in the Bible. It talks about what's going to happen in our day, right? And and to give the perspective, and as you said, to understand what we should be doing right now, and and we can't understand that unless we understand what's happening and why it's happening and what's going to happen next. Uh, there's an interesting passage in in Isaiah that talks about how in Isaiah chapter two it talks about how you know. The, the day of the Lord is going to come after the great tribulation, and it's going to be, it is going to be all out, uh, World War III. But Christ is going to come back, and he's going to intervene just before we annihilate ourselves. But it's interesting how Isaiah talks about how the haughtiness of men will be bowed down. The Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. The day of the Lord shall come upon everything that is proud and lofty, and as you said, you know, our leadership is acting more childish and, and, and right. prideful and, and, and without reason. But what's encouraging about that same passage that I find is later on it says in uh, chapter 3 and verse 10, but with all that context and all the things that are bad going to happen, it says, say to the righteous it will be well with them. They will eat the fruit of their own doings. And so within... You know, society breaking down, and as you as you read, even here in a BBC articles, the civilization is being set up to collapse, and they're basically saying just what what our leaders going to do to to stop it, and if they don't stop it, it's going to happen. That's the answer that we understand that as these things are happening, there is a difference based on what we do, how we live and whether we let Christ live in us as our spiritual character. Right. You highlighted something that's so important that, that the politicians don't understand, and many of the people don't understand, which is why are these things happening? You know, the, the article there talks about Western civilization and goes through all these reasons why Western civilization could possibly collapse. But where is this section in that article that talks about the spirit of man, how, how there's no change in the spirit of man? It's essentially the same spirit we've had for millennia. And... What politician are you going to elect who's actually going to win on a platform of we need to repent and get close to God? The Bible says that when the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Uh, for us to think that we're just we're going to go to the polls and somehow make a difference with with, a, with the people who are running for office, the foundations themselves are destroyed. Uh, all the righteous can do is really go close to God, examine themselves pray for their neighbors, serve where they can, where their hands find an opportunity, and, and write it out and do, and do their best. And, and get involved in this work. 
and, and that's why we're and, here. And, that's right. And get involved in the work. And 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 I would add, I know that you're uh, <clears throat> you're saying this, but that can make a big impact on your immediate circle, your family as well. Right. You know, can. as dads and moms and uncles, uh, if we if we individually repent, turn to God, if we start having hope in our own life, because there is hope that the Bible talks about hope. Paul talks about it in Romans and Corinthians that that we have hope in Christ. And, and remember, Paul went through a lot of very severe uh, trials and times in his in his ministry. Right. And the first century church went through tough persecution. But Paul and the Bible talks about having hope because we we can believe that Jesus Christ will return. We we can believe that he was raised from the dead. That he you know he will come back and so forth. And so we can have hope, and that really can help our kids, our families, our friends, our neighbors, our our, our church, right. our community. And, uh, and that's important, I, I think, as, as you gentlemen said. I mean, we're, we're not going to change the world ourselves today, but we can change ourselves, our own heart, with Christ's help, God's help, and make a positive impact on our families, and hopefully be those people that when Christ returns, he can say, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, you've really, right. you've really, you know, you followed me. I don't want to get into a long sermon, but you followed me, and I can use you in, in, in my kingdom. That, right. That's really the hope. Right. You know, you talk about changing. Gentlemen, as we're, as we're speaking right now, we have some breaking news. Uh, there is a shooting in Paris right now ongoing where two policemen have been shot, and there's a live gunman in Paris. We're not sure if it's a terrorist incident, but wow. just wanted to bring it up as yeah. we're on live here with the world that, and talking about these sort of things. There is a live shooting right now wow. in the city of Paris. De demonstrates what we're talking uh, about today. Well, we're almost done, so don't yeah. cut from us to go see the news. Yep. But let's all, we're all going to run to the news, I know, after this. But I think it does tie into what we're talking about, because I've tried to stress to people, when we say words like uh, church, nation, world, all those are made of people. And so everyone's so busy focusing on changing the world. You do that by changing the people in the world. And so... How can you better your life and your family's lives and those around you by seeking out a right way of life, which Jesus Christ offers? This work, part of what we strive to do is to spread the only good news that exists. It's the only real good news. And I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be the uh, managing editor of our magazines, and we get so many letters from people that say, you've changed my life. You have changed my relationship with my mother and with my daughter. And it's just uplifting, and it makes you want to go to work that much harder to get the kind of things we're talking about out to as many people as we can. Well, I would suggest we probably bring the show to a close today. Yeah. I want to thank everybody who joined us. I want to encourage you to come back next week, 3 o'clock Thursday, Mr. Smith, and we'll be joined by a couple guests next week. I'm looking forward to uh, the discussion then. And um, I would like to encourage you to share the, 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 uh, the video with your friends. Thank you for people from all around the world. We had Dubai join us today. That was great. Hello, Dubai. Uh, New York, uh, all, all around the world. So we're, you know, we, we're, we're thankful for that, and we hope to reach you know, more and more people over time. But uh, until next time, thank you for joining us, and we do look forward to talking to you again next week, same time, 3 o'clock Thursday. See you next week. Take care. We are out. I think that was the best one yet. Very, very, very well done, guys. Well, thanks. Thank you, sir. We tried to turn on the handsome and the. Uh, yeah, it's a struggle. Thank you. Thank it you. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.